And uh, Wesley, good evening, my brother. Always a pleasure to have you. Evening, Aya. It's always a pleasure for me as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to have this conversation with you. Um, I did catch part of it. Uh, yeah, good to be here. Yeah, man, I find the story so interesting. Maybe let's first take a step back. When yeah. we talk about chips, when we talk about semiconductors, what are we talking yeah. about? I've already indicated to our listeners that you can find them you know, in vehicles, in consumer electronics, and, and anything you might think of. Uh, but yeah. what are we referring to? Yeah, I was thinking about it. And I thought it's interesting because, I mean, when you talk about this fourth industrial revolution mm. uh, uh, phenomena, we, we tend to think about the, 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 the good side of it or the beauty part of it, but there are challenges as we are now talking about it. So, so these are chips now seemingly uh, with um, all of these connected devices and appliances that you would find as much in a fridge as you would in a PlayStation as you would in your car. Yeah, exactly. These are the, 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 the things that actually make uh, things uh, smart. Um, and, I mean, if you, for instance, you, let's talk about the fridge. Uh, some of these fridges, they are able to detect, for instance, whether there is a shortage of milk inside, or some of them they can, uh, you know, they can connect to your mobile phone. Um, they, they do so many things, and they do those things because of those chips. Um, and I think that that's an important part about this discussion is that before the chips were only utilized for just few objects, like computers, for instance. Uh, computers would use, obviously, chips, and mobile phones also use chips. But now we have so many products, and within just one product, a single one would use so many of these chips. So it's not as if, you know, you have one car and it requires just a few chips, but there's so many things in the car. You have just the, the lamp, uh, or at least the... Uh, um, you know, the, the doors uh, for them to, to, to function the way they do these days. You know, in some of these cars, you approach it and then you put your foot under the, the, the car and then it can just open. All of those things are enabled by these things. So the, 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 the whole, uh, you know, move towards being connected in society has created this challenge. Of course, there are other logistics issues, there's issues related to COVID, because some people who, who or at least in, in some of these countries where these chips are made, um, they are unable to to congregate or to work in mass as they used to. So all of those things are coming together to create this challenge. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a problem of advancement in society, and it, it's creating this challenge. But the good thing is there are moves towards uh, making chips uh, even more. Mm. Wesley, just a brief one. I mean, concentration risks of having certain parts of, in this case, the chip value chain. I mean, even just a testing, uh, uh, yeah. uh, the geographic location of chip testing in Malaysia, which is going through the yeah. most now in relation to COVID-19. What lessons must we draw from that? Yeah, it's a very important question. You know, um, you know, we we know that the U.S. has been leading in this space, and, and China also has been leading, and some Asian countries have been leading. I think we can only uh, once again. Uh, I think we say this a lot that it's important for um, you know countries and different continents to to learn this idea of self-dependence. Uh, in other words. Um, if Africa, for instance, because as, as, as Africans, um, you know, we don't make these things yet. So we have to rely on all these other continents and countries that make these things. So we need to be working towards self-independence, to be mm-hmm. able to do these things ourselves. Because right now, 
Um, I mean, one of the, 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 the interesting uh, you know, impacts of this is that older cars are becoming more expensive because of uh, demand, the scarcity, I mean, of newer cars, so pushing us to, towards older cars. So it, 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 the lesson here is that um, research and development has to focus on doing all these things that society will depend on. Um, and we can see that chips are becoming, have been important, but they will become even more and more important. And there's no question in my mind that we have to work towards um, creating our own technologies um, to be able to have a situation where we are able to avoid things like these. I mean, we've seen with the vaccines as well. Um, but in this case, we have a different uh, kind of situation. And once yeah. again, it shows that R&D is very key. Uh, that yeah. we innovate for ourselves. Wesley, hold the line there for me for a second. We're going to take a quick spot break. But when we come back, sure. I want us to talk about that uh, point you're making there around R&D, around sovereignty, but more importantly around the resilience of global value chains because uh, we're also sure. seeing that typhoon out in China uh, is set to make this situation even worse. 23 minutes it is after 8pm. It's our tech conversations and I'm in conversation with the uh, editor of uh, Fast Company South Africa and that is uh, Wesley Dipoku. And uh, yeah, we're talking about the chip and semiconductor shortage across the world and uh, the implications that has had uh, for global value chains and global supply chains. Uh, and more importantly, I guess, uh, yeah, for you and me. And uh, Wesley, I guess the other, you know, um, question mark that I have is uh, the implication not mm-hmm. just on the supply side, uh, but also uh, the implication on prices uh, yes. of some of the appliances, consumer electronics, and uh, even automotives. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, development to watch. Like I was saying, the the the, the fact that um, newer cars uh, is an example. I think I've seen a lot of that with, with cars. Is that um, you know, if you were to try and buy like a German sedan now, a newer one. You, some of them it will be difficult to get, depending on how sophisticated it is. Um, but it's easier to get a second-hand car. Um, and but with those, it looks like the, the prices now are, are, are going up. But I also think even with, with other devices like games, for instance, I've seen that uh, stuff like PS5 uh, is, is also very scarce. And again, that uh, raises the price for these goods because uh, the, the demand is higher. Uh, now for, for these things. So for the markets you manage, you know, uh, availability, uh, the price has to go up. So, yeah, it, it has a, a very interesting effect. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the world has to learn from this. I think uh, we, we're learning a very tough lesson. Uh, and I think we can only uh, correct this going forward. And and maybe, I guess, the other dimension to it that I'm I'm quite interested in is, mm. you know, what implication is this going to have on electromobility? I mean, this, yes. I guess, is hap- happening, you know, in concurrence with the shift by many. I mean, we've heard timelines being set. I think the EU has said 2035, I stand to be corrected, Norway 2025 yeah. on uh, electric vehicles. And I guess the ban yeah. on uh, internal combustion engines as well. My understanding is that even the electric vehicles in some shape or form need semiconductors and chips as well uh, for yeah. some of their, their functioning as well, which is going to be a major source of demand. Uh, yeah. You know, what, what implications is this going to have on that transition of many of the manufacturing plants in big parts of Europe and even, I would argue, here at home? You know, in- interestingly enough, I think uh, I think the natural thing could, could have been that, uh, you know, it would be a, a situation where these things would be delayed to be produced. But I think 
um, if there's anything to learn from uh, the innovations around vaccines is that when there are challenges in society, um, somehow it forces uh, innovation to happen. And I think in this case, uh, this may lead to a situation where more uh, of these, uh, you know, important components to be to, to have more production of them. You know, uh, I, I think I know that uh, the, the Chinese, for instance, have uh, issued instructions that there ought to be, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing of, you know, infrastructure to enable the, the creation of uh, or the production of chips. So I think we, we will see uh, a situation where uh, more companies will come up with ways of producing more chips going forward. Um, and, I, and I think it's probably also an opportunity for, for Africa to see how we can play a role here. Because you know, I think, you know, when we talk about smart cities, when we talk about smart anything, it will require these, these, these components. And there is no way that we can achieve, uh, you know, our sort of uh, advancement goals without having these tools. So, um, you know, again, I think, yes, it will lead to delays, but again, those challenges will also, you know, move uh, innovation to, 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 to move faster, as we've seen. I mean, uh, I mean I'm sure you know the, the, the speed with which the vaccines are produced after having a situation where vaccines have been for HIV have not been available. But because of the, the, the threat of this uh, situation that we are faced with, we had to innovate very fast. So I foresee a similar situation even with these semiconductor chips. And then, you know, I guess there's the broader... Because the supply chain isn't only just about the chips themselves, uh, but the yeah. supply chain is about being able, from a distribution perspective, to get those to the component manufacturers who would feed it into you know, some of these OEMs. And we know yeah. China's a critical node in that transit. Um, and uh, yeah, the typhoon, they're seemingly uh, wreaking havoc. Uh, and we hear from yeah. the people who know a bit more about the weather than I do, uh, yeah. that uh, the next place it's going to hit is South Korea. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think we we we're learning every day that uh, I think we we've embraced globalization, um, but I, I think to some extent uh, that is also been our sort of shortfall in in, in the sense that to have this uh, globalized society that uh, relies on to, to have all these components created in all parts of the world is is, is okay, but. It looks like to me that uh, there are instances where you have to create capacity closer to where you are, type of thing, you know. And I and I say this thinking about the continent is that we are the ones who are the most disadvantaged by a situation like this one. I hear that you are talking about a gentleman who's faced with an unemployment situation here, because in reality that um those who are closer to 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 to, to production of chips they will be uh, probably uh, less impacted by this but those that are far they will suffer a, a great deal so you you can only you know correct this as as a, as, 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 as leaders of society or leaders or to correct it by looking at ways of creating hubs closer to where the need is greater um and i think right now we we have this reliance on the globalized world that creates hubs 
that are far from from from, from where the need is at sometimes. So I think that is problematic at times as we are seeing the situation right now. Wesley, as always, a pleasure, my brother, catching up with you, and thank you very much uh, for, uh, you for sharing your insights so generously with us this evening.